everyone. Welcome back to season two of the Genesis Home Podcast. New guests, new topics, new experts covering everything from real estate, finance, community, and beyond. Welcome back to the Genesis Home. See everyone later. Of the Genesis Home, and I'm here with uh, hi, I'm Jay Pegram, uh, designated managing broker at EXP Commercial and also managing broker at EXP Residential here in New York, New York City. So, hey, Jay. Hey, Rita, thanks for having me. Um, thanks for coming on. And this is a conversation is long overdue. We really need to talk about real estate in the commercial side. Because normally when we hear real estate, at least you know, as, a, as an agent yourself, that all we hear about apartments condos co-ops you know we're you're you know that's the norm so we really talk about the side that involves development we really talk about the part that involves commercials and what does commercial mean so before we go into that tell us about yourself um well i'm a uh, native of new york city born in the bronx um actually born in fordham hospital which is uh people are keeping score uh which is off of southern boulevard not too far from the uh across the street actually from the botanical gardens in the bronx um i've catholic school all my life in the bronx it's I, i've gone to excuse me that's a lie uh, i went to white plains and all boys school which was really a introduction to life being different than I have known it. Um, uh, we're having a real conversation. I grew up during a time period where I was the only one in kindergarten, me and other, another person. Um, and my parents were one of the first to move into Parkchester and understood about real estate and civil rights and so forth then. And then when I I went to Spelman High School, which was pretty diverse, but then I went to Stepanak High School and the conversations were different. Um, there were people whose parents owned security firms and airplanes and construction companies. And then I went to uh, St. John's. I worked at the phone company and I've done, <laughs> I was telling somebody the other day, my first job was taking money out of the pay phones which means it took me everywhere throughout Manhattan. I mean, everywhere, in every situation, not just the sidewalks, but backstage at Radio City, um, backstage at Broadway, um, crack houses, <laughs> uh, uh, gambling houses, you name it. And then I decided um, in 2003 that I wanted to take a chance on myself and take on a new career in real estate at the age of 35 and people thought it was it was crazy to leave a management job you know a quote-unquote good paying job and go out and become a real estate salesperson i was too afraid and this is where we're getting into the commercial conversation i was too afraid to be an investor that wasn't how i was raised i was raised to go to school get a job work 30 years, retire and die. And that just didn't work for me. You know, I didn't want to be 35 saying, what if I could have, should have, would have. So when I come into this business, I come in with passion. I slept in my car. I slept in my stepdaughter's apartment. You know, I've missed payments. You know, I've been in housing courts for missing payments. 
I've been on a high hog. And right now I'm at a place where I'm seeing all of those years. And, and, and I'm seeing all those years, 18, 19 years later. And I'm pausing because somebody asked me at EXP Con last year in Vegas, a new salesperson said, what is the biggest thing I should know? I said, patience. <laughs> patience. It does not happen overnight. So that's who I am. Okay. So what made you say this is the the risk I'm taking? Like this this makes sense for me. Um I just, I just love real estate. I love real, I love New York. I love real estate. And I said that I was at an age, I felt 35. I had a couple of years in management, but I knew before that I was going to take that risk. I knew that working in construction, working in the underground or, you know, places with buildings, running cable was not going to be, was not me. You know, my mother worked too hard and she didn't realize how hard she worked for me not to foster upon another career, another life. So when my mother passed away, I felt I had permission, if that makes any sense, because she worked at the phone company and I didn't want to upset her. <laughs> so I felt I had permission, you know, to go out there and just figure it out and have faith in myself. So I said, let's just do it. What's going to happen? I said, what's going to happen? What happened? I died? Okay. <laughs> well, that didn't happen. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. What's going to happen? You know, I bought an apartment. I got a roommate. What's going to happen? You know, I, I you can put out in the street. That didn't happen. I was like, well, what's going to happen? And I just somehow get this resounding faith in myself to embark upon another career. And I say that to anyone listening, it doesn't mean it has to be real estate. It'd be anything. Because life really is too short. You know, it's the interesting thing is you mentioned that, you mentioned patience. When we get our licenses, we are in a way kind of thrown into the deep end of the pool. You know, a good chunk of the time we have to kind of figure it out and use the experiences that we have to apply to that. What, from your experiences as a manager, from your many different jobs and careers, did you apply to real estate that led you to this opportunity of being a managing broker? Um, so I I have that muscle memory. I was a manager at Verizon. I used to work in accounting at Yankee Stadium. So I put those all together. Um, I look at being a managing broker here, no different than being a frontline supervisor or the next step of being a regional manager is nothing different than being a general manager for a group of people at Con Ed, at Verizon, at wherever. So that's the easy part. You know, it's understanding structures and systems and putting them in place. So having that up until 35, and then over the last 18 years, managing my own business and then becoming a productivity coach, that put me in a situation where I'm having close conversation and having my own brokerage 
That pushed me in a situation for having conversations about running businesses and systems, not only my own business, but someone else's business. And then that just shows up, maybe through school. You know, I went to Baruch, had project management um, certificate in, in real estate, maybe for my undergrad at St. John's, maybe from taking management courses and graduate courses that all come together. So you've applied all those skills to your current your current role but let's discuss your current role a little bit you cover commercial and residential now i will say you and i've had a few conversations and that i am going to go commercial next year which i'm excited about yes yay but what does that mean you know, like I said, we all get a license and a lot of us start out as rental agents. We hear like the same spiel a lot, a lot. Like start off in the rental market, figure it out. And then if you want to do that, do that. If not, you can always peter off and just don't renew anything. What does commercial mean? When they say, when we say I'm a commercial agent or you're a managing broker for, you know, the commercial division here in New York State, what does that mean? So in short, it just means for me that I supervise people and they're under my license and I put my name and my signature on a bunch of documents. That's in short, pretty much what it is. Um, to really take EXP where we want to go, I'm looking at redefining that as being because we have a smaller group, 25, um, we'd like to be at 50 by next year. So what it means for me is getting the training, engagement, um, and training in different areas. I mean, I'm a multifamily type of person, land development. I'm in New York City. We don't have too many you know, strip malls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it just doesn't answer. But, you know, like hospitality, hotels, bars, restaurants, you know, for me is giving the support of those who come on to EXP Commercial and and providing whatever experience I have, um, may it be within the realm of commercial, as far as you know, using LOI forms and you know, to me that happens. You now there's so many computers right now with August and how to do letters of intent and putting all these things up in, in systems that work out for you. At the end of the day, for me, it's relationships. And it's 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 relationships and it's helping, especially a new commercial person. It's letting them know that it's just a relationship and shifting. Okay, it's a little minor shift in conversation from one you may have had with residential to one you have a commercial. You know, you could I, you know just to let people know, you can sit at someone's Thanksgiving dinner, or you're sitting at a, a Kwanzaa or you're sitting at, you know, a bat mitzvah, you know, or EID, you're sitting there and someone says, yes, you know, I want to open up a new store. Bam. And then you're present to that conversation. Yes, I want to build a building that's Airbnb. Bam. So it's my job to grow it, not just in number count as far as individual persons. It's also to grow the volume. It's also to grow the interest and also to grow the awareness. So 
And so we could, you know, get to that number of 50. So that's how I see my responsibilities and what that really means for me moving forward as it fits into the realm of the job of designated managing broker. What does that look? So you mentioned growth. What would be your, and I ask this for everybody, what would be your ideal agent in commercial? I do agent. Um, Real agent. I mean, someone that I mean, my ideal agent in commercial is someone that knows just like one would in residential. Someone knows, um, and it doesn't know. They're. It, it, let me back up. Someone who's willing to prospect every single day. Period someone who's willing to go back to where they came from okay and have the same conversation so if i came from verizon my conversation shifts from having conversations with the people i work with to see if they want to buy a building to shifting to a c-level conversation like hey you have all of these buildings are you using them you know i need to meet so and so I want to see, sit down with so-and-so. Let's talk about leasing out some of this extra space. Let's talk about selling this building. What can we do to, to you know, break it down? Are we going to convert these two from office buildings to residential? Someone who's willing to prospect every day, learn their craft every day, and have those conversations every single day. May it be by text, LinkedIn, email, phone, zoom or whatever that's my ideal that's that, that's just the base and then you get to the point where they're doing a two or three deals a month then you get to the point where they're bringing in two or three other salespeople to come to exp you know you get to the point where they have their names on buildings with signs you know that's growing but if you have people now from where we are i want someone that's dedicated to doing this full time every day well, that's a non-issue in this conversation because we've had that conversation before. <laughs> <laughs> that's ideal. I mean, I get reality, but that's ideal. But here's the interesting thing. What will be considered... So the worst kept secret is that I don't cold call. And there's a reason behind that. One, the liability is way too big and the amount of energy it'll take for me to cold call doesn't balance out well i'm more of a uh, social media classes consultant type of building a relationship and it's worked well for me so far what so for someone like me as as you've known and you've seen i think a few times on my social media and just me being me what would be your advice to someone who thinks like that there's a catch-22 um i thought about someone giving a class the other day there's a catch-22 so we talk about social media and in the commercial world the catch-22 is this most people who need commercial space 
may it be whatever it is, may it be developers, may it be hoteliers, may it be uh, um, warehouses, whatever the case may be, are so busy running their business that it takes an extra layer to get in front of them. Now, that extra layer may be in LinkedIn, but they're not necessarily on TikTok they're producing on TikTok, but they may not be consuming on TikTok. Um, they may not necessarily be on, you know, on the Twitters. Same thing. May read it as news, and then Instagram. That's a different thing. Um, so, listen, cold calling is not for everything for everybody. Fortunate enough in New York State, you do have permission to make business to business phone calls. But I found my experience is most people don't work with strangers and most people don't usually work with strangers, especially in commercial. It could be clever. So what happens is if someone like you will have to know what channels to use to do that. Because some people are literally just waiting for you to call them. I mean, I know people say not cold calls, but some people are literally waiting for you to call them and bring them a deal. You know, someone's working at a doctor's office, you know, and they're like, I need more space. And they're waiting for you to call them, you know, and say, hey, I found this space. This will work for you. You know, commercial real estate is not the thing where you just go through, you know, the MLS and find something that you're looking for. Um, to tell you the truth, residential is not so much that, but commercial is less so. Okay, well, you will find that the, the commercial real estate in certain parts of the cities, state, countries, and towns are owned by maybe very few people. So you will find yourself having to put deals together with landlords. How do you do that? Hmm. You could possibly advertise yourself more um, to get attraction. You could mail, okay, postcards, and then you can keep it not too serious, but just know your audience. So, like, if if you feel that you want to have a niche of working with people who want to do pop-ups, you know, they want to do storefronts, you have people who are artists, you know, then you could tailor to them. They may be more likely to be on Instagram. There may be a younger core of people. Um, but the reality is, you know, it's a lot of old school heads in commercial who are just not on social media like that. Um, and that's where we have, you know, that's where you can get the meaning of the minds. So if you could reach for, say, someone who's like a tech company, they need more floor space, you know, working from home is not going to work for them anymore, or they got to go to a cafe they want to put up then you can attract them as being a person that can help them find that space. I'm all about finding listings. I would tell you that. But when it comes to landlords, you know, um, sometimes you just got to work with the tenant and be a tenant representative. And so I would target, I would go and look on the different social media, what the demographics are of people in social media as far as income, businesses, and so forth and go that route and then see how the drip campaign come do some you know 
do some fun 10-second uh, uh, snapshots of what's happening outside of COVID. You know, do some do some in-towns about what the demographics are, the people coming back out in this empty spaces. You know, could your business be here? So I say you can have fun with it. Okay, now let's ask a question that is really common. I am just doing more like a case study thing. I just got my license. I really didn't, but let's just say I went back five <laughs> years, five, six years, and I got my yeah. license, and now I'm a new agent. And I'm debating between residential versus commercial. What's the distinction between residential and commercial? It's, 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 it could be multifaceted. So as an individual person, the distinction is time. Okay? That's the first distinction. You might look up and get a, a lease deal right off the bat. You know, you have a, you have a, a friend, a family member who needs a space. The space is right there. You show up. You do the walkthrough, blah, blah, blah. The space is almost turnkey. Brand new building. And you walk in, you sit down, you do the leases, they go back and forth. Maybe you get a check, you know, after 120 days. All right? I say that because a lot of times you got to wait for people to move in. You got key money and you get a check. Now that check, you know, they base it over the, the time of the initial of the initial lease. You know, there used to be something called the, which I never understood it, the six, five, four, three, two, one, six percent for the first, five for the second, three. You know, I understand it. Um, but some people make it simple, just make it three percent. So, and the reason why it's six, five, four, three, two, one, because you take into account the escalations, you know, it goes up every year. Rent goes up. Like Jimmy McMillan said, the rent's too damn high. The rents keep going up, keep going up, keep going up. So you get the escalations, but the, the, the money would be if you're doing 3,000 a month, 36,000 a year, we're making simple $150,000 over five years. You'll, you'll get $15,000 on that. No, that's 10%. You, you, you'll get uh, uh, $7,500 on 5% or you'll get $4,000 on 3%. You know, if you're just doing that, what the commission is. Um, y'all could do the math if you're listening. Listen, don't, 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 don't get on me. This is off the cuff. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that. They won't, they won't. You're, you're uh, don't do that. We're providing quality information. You don't do that. Well, you said, don't, 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 don't do that. Well, here's but, the thing. We know that because one, I, I know we've had people on here that will say, We'll do the math in their head and they'll say 36 and it comes out to 25. So they're not they're not hung up on that. They're mostly hung okay. up on this. They're more about like keeping it real. That's really so, thank you. All right, so let's keep it real. So you got 150,000 over five years, you know, and so if 10% is 15, and then whatever that is, forty five hundred dollars or whatever it is, right? So you get a check for forty five hundred. Bam, you can get that in three, four months. Some people say, well. I could do residential and work with somebody on soda or section eight or city FEPS or FEPS. Which um, really quick are all voucher programs. They're, they're all just voucher programs. They're, they're all Fetty different. FAPS, FAPS, Fetty Wops, whatever it is. And you could work with them 
and you say, I'm going to get a check for 15%. And you're doing a good, right? Um, because you're providing the best we can, because we're not landlords, opportunities in housing for someone. And that check could be pretty good. That check could be 4,500 on one year, you know? So you're like, okay, if you're doing 15%, that's one difference of someone walking in the door. However, at one point, and how do I put this? But can I, and I want to say this really quick. The one thing I will say that one distinction I will say from experience between commercial and residential for me will be the relationship. If mm. you have that business relationship and it's a really good one, not only does that help their employees, but also Wait, the business itself. Because think about it. She saved me right there. Thank you. Think that. about it. <laughs> think about it. You know, how many times the business is relocated? No, how many no, times, she, she saved me. Thank how you. many times have you heard all, all the time? You know, I'm thinking of expanding my business, but I need new, like, but the, my core people have to have a place in that state or that county or that area. You know Thank what I mean? You. So not only you, you talked about relationships in the beginning. So let's talk about relationships. A business relationship is not just the brand itself. It's the people as well. So you kill one, two, three, four birds in one stone just by that. And yes, the money is slightly better. Okay, let's be honest, it's better. <laughs> no, but, but it is. But, but, but that you just said something. That comes with it. Now, nothing so against residential, because we've both done residential. But residential, the relationships are different. You have that one-on-one -on -one relationship, and if you're lucky, that one client is a really good client, and, he, and he's with you for a good minute. And he'll tell your friends, and they're great spokesperson. But a business has all of those factors in one. And... It, it, whew, thank you for that one. <laughs> because I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want to walk down. You know, thank you for that one because that's it. So, like, you find Let's someone in an apartment, and and you find someone in an apartment, and then that they, you know, they, right? They tell you, oh, what a rental leads to sales, you know, and people sell and they introduce you to their friends and they sell. That's all great, like you say. However. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it, people go from having conversations with the landlord about finding an apartment and then turning around and just start working, like you say, the relationship with that individual. Now, that individual could know hundreds of other individuals. I'm not saying they don't. We're not saying um, that either. Right. And, and, they can go on and buy a million dollar house, two, three million dollar house, four or five years down the road, or in two years. I'm not saying they won't. But the biggest difference to come down between the two, to put in one simplistic word, is relationships and patience. Because it takes a while to build that relationship with the business. Um, maybe, maybe not. But if you're starting a residential, it really is a matter of left or right. So it's the patience. How much have one saved up? You know, I mean, there's stats about the average realtor in America, 56 years old, college graduate, owned their own home, married. That may not be the situation for a lot of people starting out. And you look at the commercial real estate field, a lot of people who are who are there 
may have started out in another business and have some sort of a nest egg. And I don't want this to be, but unfortunately it will be, I don't want this to be a matter of, oh, well, if you don't have the money, you don't have the connections, and you don't have this, you're not going to make it. Well, that's, one here, why, I'm sorry, but that's why you're here, is to let them know that even if, because when I started, I didn't have a lot. Like, I'm going to be honest, it was like, I was barely getting there. Okay. And I had other businesses, but I put that reserve in for this because I knew I was going to get my real estate license. I knew this was a goal for me. And that's why we're having this conversation. So when people decide to, this is the career for them, they know that there's someone there that understands it, that their path was not, there's no such thing as an easy way into anything. You know, we all had to learn and had of our experiences. So you have the support system, you have the education, but we, but one thing you do very well, and I will always respect you for this is the fact that you never strip someone away of their accomplishments. You add it on to what they already have. A thousand percent because, <laughs> right. And that's where, you know, that's that I was going to go. The other one I needed, you know, I needed, I needed a little help, but this one here I'm going to go because, um, it's, it, it's, 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 it's just a matter of, um, understanding where you are and what you could build upon, you know, just to take a page out of million dollar listing, you know, you, you can't sit there and say oh you know i don't have what ryan has or frederick has or everyone else has maybe you don't but then there's other shows for you to watch and that are more simplistic maybe you are not going to do the commercial deals like a cbre or you're not going to sell out you know a billion dollar building you're not going to get the deal for related to build out hudson yards but you know what Build on what you have. And that's what I think when you're starting out, when people say, well, commercial or residential, I'm running to people who never did residential. You know, it's, it's almost something like it's a secret society. And that was so good about that EXP. You're talking about what James Hank, he is all about bringing in a diverse background of people and saying, let's take what you have and let's build upon it. Let us train you. I mean, it's a cheap plug for EXP commercial, but it is what it is. It's, a, it's, it's let's train you for what we have. Let's give you five weeks of training. Let's give you an advisor. Let's put you into an accelerate program. Let's give you the tools. And you're, you're being trained by people who are competing with some of the top five that we are coming for commercial firms. So Joan Lang LaSalle, Marcus Miller Chap, I never really considered them anybody. <laughs> um, CBRE, um, you know, and you could find a way. And but people can't cannot you cannot sit there and say life is not fair. It's not. Period. It's, it's just not. Okay. People have it, you know, people say, well, you got to work your way up. Yeah, you're working your way up. Other people have a helicopter that goes right on the roof. Okay. So while you're climbing up steps to work your way up, other people just get a helicopter. Bam. They're right on the roof. That's just what it is. So you, sometimes you do have to work harder. You do have to work your sphere of influence. You may have to have, instead of having, you know, buyer seminars, 
you may have to have business seminars, you know, bringing people to talk about business credits, bringing people to talk about how you can get your, um, your taxes for your LLC, bringing people to talk about opportunity zones, bringing people to talk about what businesses can you run and start tomorrow. And that goes back into your social media question. You know, what can you do if you don't want to do cold calls? What can you have? You can have all of that that leads to, hey, here I am on, you know, wherever you are. You know, may it be a Martin Luther King <laughs> in New York, <laughs> San Diego, <laughs> Georgia, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> like Chris Rock said, it's a Martin Luther King everywhere. You know, may it be a Martin Luther King and you say to people, what business can you see here and how can one qualify what do we need to qualify some people can get sba loans to get leases you know some people can go in and see how they could serve the need of the community maybe fresh markets where you could put in you know a juice bar only people popping up a juice bar juice bar juice bar because the city's giving the building people credit for having supermarkets for having juice bars so it's like you you work with what you have and then before you know it, you have a niche and before you know it you're working with development partners and then all of a sudden you have qualified people who will still be in business five years later for the tenure of their lease and possibly need another one. But you cannot just sit there and think it's gonna fall in your lap. You have to do the training. You have to do it. And that's one thing like EXP does. They provide you with that training and you have to have, you know, you, you know, we're not a business. People like to say, oh, you're your own business. You're okay, all right, fine. You get an LLC, you get your commission paid through your LLC. You're not really, you're a salesperson, okay? And you work for the brokerage, but I'll tell you this, you do need a line of credit. You do need a business line of credit, a partner line of credit. You need whatever it is to survive in this business because you will go hungry. You need a very good budget. People don't want to talk about that. Right. You, you, need, you need a friend. And that is probably the major difference between the patience in residential and commercial is it could take you three, four months to get that check. And that check may not be as big. Well, you get that fast money, people think, by doing a rental. But like you said, it's going to burn you in the end because what? <laughs> I'm not religious. <laughs> no, I'm not religious, but like, I, 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 I understand. You, you reap what you sow. It's like if you put a seed in the ground, and you want to get a tree out of it, you're going to have to harvest. You got to wait for your harvest. Right. And, and, and people don't want to wait for the grape or the apple to grow. You just have to. You know, the interesting thing you mentioned in this entire conversation, besides patience, you also kind of alluded to investment at the same time when you invest in the education and you invest in the training. Mm -hmm. And you and like the, the you invest in building of those relationships. So, as someone who understands that from all angles, what I know what ESP did for me. Let's be honest here. So let's let's keep this real between let's keep this real with everyone. I know what ESP did for me, and I and it's a, it's a great company. I'm very happy that I'm part of it. 
because it opened doors that I was semi not prepared for. <laughs> right. But this is the part we do need to discuss, and this part involves our community. We need to discuss what mental investment means, where the patience comes in, where, how can we see past all our issues to get to that point? Because we, we talked about the distinction between commercial and, and residential. We talked about the money between commercial and residential. And we talked about patients. But we never talked about, in the way we should talk about, is actually the education. You know, we talk about line of credit. We talk about LLCs and stuff like that. How in the commercial side do we encourage people to view their business pockets a little differently? Like, what can we do more? So on a, on an individual basis, it, you know, the setup should basically be the same. You know, you want to, you do want to look at the tax advantages of having your LLC S corp. Again, whoever's listening, I'm not here giving tax advice. Okay. We but know, you, find, you know, but you find someone who could navigate you through those and you make sure you pay through that. And you know, you do everything else you're supposed to do. If you're, if you're able to pay yourself health insurance through that or, can you have to buy your car, the truck? You know, you see other people on Instagram. You too right. can buy this whole, you can buy the buy the Mercedes 500, whatever, and write it off. Okay, listen, I'm not here. Assets and liability, they do a good job. Watch them figure it out. Um, so that's number one. Number two, just to take it back a step, the first conversation people need to have is with their family or their friends, because if you have someone dependent upon you to pay that rent or to show up, you you know, you may have friends where they want to go out and they want to party and they popping bottles. I mean, people, even though COVID's coming back, but they are at the club popping bottles and the bill come up to be a thousand dollars. You have to say, listen, I'm not rolling like that anymore. You know, you you could you could say it's a tax write off all you want. It's you need those expenses, you know, to make sure that you can be patient. So you know, first thing, having conversation with people in your life to let them know what you're up to, and when you have that conversation, have a real goal, have a real business plan. What did that business plan look like? What does your activity look like? You know, how many times you're going to call people or connect with people, you know, let them know. I don't need money from you. I need leads. <laughs> I don't need you to give me the money. I need leads. I need your mama, your grandmama, your uncle and all that stuff. I need leads. I don't need my need leads. Okay. So if they're going to rent out a store, you're going to do a fish fry somewhere. If you're, you're trying to do a new restaurant, you're trying to build a building, you're going to do a subdiv subdivision. I need those conversations. So now that's out of the way. But that's after you have set yourself up and what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, what your day looks like. Because if the people around you don't believe you, you're going to get anxious. And you're going to go out there and do whatever it takes. And you may think, well, I got money in my pocket now. But this goes to what you said. You're taking money in your pocket now to take away from conversations you should be having and activities you should be doing. So you, I get it. You want to do the Amazon. Okay, you want to do the Instacart, you know, you want to work at, you know, the uh, the accounting job and then figure you'll do this on the side. Commit to it. I know it's not easy. And, and, and I'm giving an example. 
of of what I've done. I've been hungry. You know, I'm still paying for it at times. You know, it's my first job I've had in 18 years. So I'm not speaking to someone who's sitting here getting a check on a regular basis. It's the first job I had in 18 years. And committed, you know, doing a task or work in real estate. So that's one. Two, you do need a roof over your head. You know, I can, we can get to invest in ourselves, and think, but you need a secure roof over your head, whatever that looks like. You know, that roof could be your car, that roof could be your tent, but it has to be someplace where you are comfortable enough to work your business. And, you know, we could talk about it doesn't matter what you look like, but it does. Okay, so it has to be somewhere where you're comfortable enough and you can figure out a system to do your business. I don't care if that means you join the gym for $10 and you get up and you take a shower and you get dressed and go on an appointment. But that that all that works into the angst of not being patient, having to answer to family who don't believe in you because you haven't enrolled them in the conversation first, not having a place that you can feel that's somewhat secure for yourself. Okay, we talk about this with children in the streets of New York who are living in the streets they cannot get their mind right when they go to school it's the same thing for our business and then articulating to yourself every day what your goals are have them written down and then put them in place and and don't like so you think about people learn it's free google is a beautiful tool you got um Coursera, you got google you got online courses take it join bigger pockets you know sign up for bigger pockets do all these things to learn about real estate do it and then it's okay to say i'm not doing okay that's probably the biggest part that makes people set back pretending everything is okay okay and everything is not okay so then the wheel starts going Okay, I got to do something so that I could look like I'm okay. I got to do something so I could pay that thousand dollar bill from the bar last week on my on my debit card, because now I have to pay half my rent. And I told my partner I could pay it, but I can't because I was out there balling. And then I thought I had a deal, but I don't because I didn't do my studying to learn how to do an LOI or how to understand what a triple net lease is or how to vet somebody through their uh, Dun and Brad, uh, Bradstreet. And I'm just floundering looking for my next rental and residential. I hope I painted a picture. You painted a picture. And it's actually very realistic. Mm -hmm. And it's a and something that needs to be discussed. It's oh, you know, the interesting thing is, and you mentioned it about you know reality shows and million dollar listing. Part of the problem with that is that kind of glamorizes real estate. So even you mentioned Ryan Serhan, even Serhan mentioned that when he got started, he had $26 in his account and he was a hand model because he wasn't getting the gigs that he used to get in acting. He wasn't making that kind of money. And he and he's college educated. He did all the stuff that he was supposed to do. And he could even get on the subway. So he even said, I had to get these deals going because I wasn't making any, I wasn't making anything. And I just paid my rent, my half of the rent to my roommate. I just had to do this. If 
million dollar listing didn't pop up, I really wouldn't know what to do. I was two years, I think he was like two years into real estate when million dollar listings popped up. And he said he had to fake it till he makes it, which I do not encourage. And everyone knows that. <laughs> do not do that. It's a pet peeve of mine. I hate when people fake it till they make it. Because in my head, if they do that, it has this, it, it kind of builds like a film in their head that they, they've achieved something, but they still are not at that foundation yet. So I let people know. So for him, he kind of did a little bit of a fake it till you make it. I'm not encouraging that for everybody. But, but there is a there is a fine line. Have and I agree with you. I'm not encouraging it either. And I and sometimes like you know, there's certain terms and words that I hear. Um, I'm I'm very in tune to to language and the power of it. Um, so when people say fake it till you make it, it's it's you know like go get yourself an outfit. And just, you know, if you, if you got to wash your drawers in the sink every night, then do that. That's not faking it until you make it. That's no. what you got. You know what I mean? Right. But don't go out and buy, you know, 30, 40, 50 pairs, you know, and all of a sudden get 10, five different suits and rent a car just, well, rent a car may not be bad, but go buy a car and then do this and that and do all of a sudden the emperor will show up with that clothing eventually and you exactly so even like all of them you made it one um you mentioned uh frederick he even said that when he came here he came here with with nothing he kind of had to figure all this out so i'm glad that you mentioned like the realistic part of this because we always talk about the process you know go take classes in the real estate institute or you know the ce shop which is what i use you know right. Find your brokerage. Make sure the brokerage is not complete douches <laughs> for your membership. And then stuff like that. We don't discuss that to get to that point, you have to be stable in some capacity where you have the confidence to get to that point. In some capacity. You know, I, I, I hear people saying, um, I remember being in a class at another company where I was a productivity coach. And they said, okay, you should invest, you know, $5,000 or whatever it is into your business, do that. And I said, excuse me, pardon me, I raised my hand in the Zoom. It was doing Zoom. I raised my hand in Zoom. It's like click the button in Zoom. I said, you always saying about having this five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. Where are people getting the money from? Silence. Like, you never cover that part. You never cover the part where you say that you need five, ten thousand dollars or whatever it is to invest in your business. Talking about this model, it's like an automatic that you have five, ten thousand dollars. And most people say, I tell you, you might need fifty thousand dollars because if you start running the lines of credit and this, that, and anything else, like I said, you're gonna need a friend or a partner or someone who believes in you and that you can rely upon, like you say, to have a roof over your head. You know, if you get into this business and you have a roommate, you need to have that conversation to say, I am not going to be able to pay rent for six months. Are you okay with that? People are not having that conversation. You There's know, a lot of people going to broker open houses to eat. I see them. Yes. yes That's their meal. That's the meal. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, there's a lot of people who should be applying for Medicaid and social. A lot of people should be. A lot of people should be finding out how they get a soda for themselves, 
who are doing real estate in New York City. Especially during the pandemic. It was a Especially during the pandemic. So and it, once again, you know, these are conversations I need to have. When I talk to a client, I always, and they say, oh, I'm interested in starting a business. I never, the reason why I never start with the money first is because I need to know what do they want to do? Because they always say, oh, I have this idea. I have this goal and everything. And I say, well, that's all well and good, but what's the process? Now, when I do get to the topic of funding or money or anything like that, they go, well, I can just take out a loan. So, well, what does that loan mean? What is, is, where is it going for? Stuff like that. And have you looked at the state? Because the state of New York and parts of California do have small business administration and they have what is called foundation loans to get you started. They have like, you know, deals and grants and stuff, but we don't have those conversations enough. So by discussing it now, it gets people thinking, okay, I want to go into business, but what does that mean? I want to go into real estate, but what do I have to have as a foundation for me to do that? Talk to your families or friends or whoever you're talking You know, so we're, having Christmas, we're having Christmas dinners and Thanksgiving dinners. And so you want to talk about communities. You know, I, I'm like, what conversations are we having? Are we having conversations about loving hip hop or what the government is doing? Or, you know, I get it, the January 6th, whatever. Okay, that happened and it's over. Okay, great. I got that. But what can we talk about for our own personal lives moving forward? Right. You know, like you have six people at a table and you say, wow, this food is good. What will it take to bring it to the masses? Do we need a kitchen? <laughs> Do you need a storefront? And like like you're saying, like you you know, you're reiterating, having the resources. So what can one do that does social media? What can one do that's starting out new? When you say educating themselves, finding out at one level all of the different resources for funding. It could be, like you said, through the government funds, could be the county, could be the state, it could be VC venture capitalists that were able to do that for them and be able to cultivate those relationships so that people now are thinking about it. And you're looking at spaces, you're looking at more commercial spaces and buildings and development sites than you would be at that fast money. And they're having that conversation. So the next time you meet up, we'll have a productive conversation. And that's just the world of commercial. Right, and the interesting thing is, um, and I explained this to you, you and I had a conversation about this when I kind of had like an impromptu interview <laughs> about um buffalo and that one of some of the soup and food deserts and one of the things that we can discuss as a community as a family or church or whatever is how can we address those things what yeah. does that mean what's the fun there's so much that's open-ended if you if you understood the process to make those things happen that you could achieve those things but you have to be realistic in your process and that is why I wanted you on here. So you can, so we can let people know that there's nothing wrong with the million dollar condo. There's nothing wrong with any of that. And, and right. And, and, you know, we can have a conversation about that in another form. But understanding, like you say, is it's the million dollar condo. <laughs> you know, people say, oh, I want to get a piece of the pie, you know? And I'm like, what well, you want a piece of the pie, but don't you want the oven that is baked out of? Exactly. So, you, you know, if, if you really want to have a conversation about the whole shell game of real estate, I said it. You can still join EHP, but I said it. Um, 
a home, a house, a condo, it's a consumer product. Okay. It's you, you, for the most part, you know, everybody says, oh, I can Airbnb it out. Okay. Maybe you can. I'm not saying you can't. You know, you have municipalities, you got different rules on that. You got condos, so you have different rules on that, blah, blah, blah. But it's a consumer product that you're going to be strapped into paying back the bank 30 years. You're going to apply. You're filling out an application to apply for permission to watch the bank's property, pay the bank's taxes, water the bank's grass, uh, uh, make sure that the bank's house is nice, and maybe after 30 years, you can keep it. Now, that's a consumer product. That's why Home Depot stock goes up and so forth. So where are you in the whole realm of real estate? The commercial is probably closest to the market maker. Okay, you have people who work with the builder of that building that made the different million dollar condo units. So the, the first commercial person is the one that finds the properties, finds the lands that say, listen, I have this assemblage of 10 single family homes in X amount of town. Let's take New York. That is zoned for R8. I'm going to knock on everybody's door and say, I have a developer willing to pay you for this. And you bring this deal to a developer, your chuck is going to be so big. And then you say to the developer, I have other people who could sell these units out. If they're affordable housing, we could take the process of filling out the app, having them send in the application. You could pay like $500 or $1,000 for doing application work. You want to be closest to the developer, builder, owner in this real estate game, or be the owner. Because by the time you get to selling off the condos, you are so far away from that conversation, it's not funny. That's the main difference between being in commercial and being in residential. And that, that's how I end up. That's, that's a mic drop. <laughs> understood yeah you know you you just you just want to be close to the game and when you see people you know I, I see everybody you know a lot of them are doing good on instagram talk about how they're doing four families five families and that's that is great more than what i'm doing and they're getting millions of dollars listen black rock has single families you want to be closer to that conversation on investments on commercial out the gate and it's not even so much you say well you know in our community and so forth it's still 80 20 no matter where you are you know 80 percent of the people i watch instagram and people have no listings but they're doing all buyer presentation why, why are you doing buyer presentations like yeah now's the time to buy call me now's the time to buy no you need inventory so that same mindset shows up between commercial and residential. Like, oh, listings are not for me. You can say it right now. Listen, before interest rates go up, you might want to put your house in the market. Call me. I'll list your house. I have all these buyers in my inbox. I have more buyers than I need. I need you to sell your house. But people don't have that conversation because that's not their mindset. So people not have a commercial conversation because you know, they might think it's not for them. Oh, it's too much math. Yeah. Someone's going to do it for you. 
Not everybody walking around is a math genius. Computers do it for you. It, 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 it's, you get it done. It's mostly conversations, handshakes. So you start with the mindset, you get closer to the oven. You want to get further away from the piece of the pie. You know, like I heard somebody say, oh, we want to sit at the table. You want to get your own table. You want to get closer to the oven, though. You want to get closer to the people who are making the market. In any place, maybe warehouses. You want to be at the, uh, um, so if anyone's listening, I'll wrap this up. What do you want to do to get in a commercial? You want to get involved with your local chamber of commerce. You want to um, get involved with reading uh, commercial periodicals. Here in New York, you, you may have uh, the New York Real Estate Journal. One of my favorite TV shows to learn about New York is the Stoller Report, S-T-O-L-E-R Report. He's, uh, that's produced by City College. I know this is probably national, but I'm just saying you can, you can look it up on Google, okay? Um, you you want to look at your local journals. So I'm, I speak from New York. I'm a New Yorker. But um, you also want to look at being more involved with LinkedIn, making more connections and look at what's available for people. Understanding the language, if you can get to CCIM, that's great. Take a course, that's great. Um, and just like Rita said, have conversations with people and find out what's available for every level. Because even if it's not someone who's sitting at the dining room table talking about cooking you know, uh, um, a pasta dinner, you know, or some fried chicken mixed with some collard greens or some um, wonderful Asian, Southeast Asian dish with the curry. You're still going to want to know, like, what VCs are available. How do you get um, development funding, understanding that language, understanding different mortgages, understanding what's available. There's marijuana that is a big industry. Marijuana, warehouses, um, pop-up, retail, industrial, hospitality, bars, restaurants, um, residential, you know, subdivisions, uh, marinas, you know, all of this falls into commercial. Once again, we're gonna have to do this again. We're gonna do this again. Yes, thank you for having me. And well, you know yes and thank you for coming on and we're definitely gonna do this again because i feel like we only just scratched the surface on certain things so tell them where they can they can find you oh well yeah you know i wonder how all these people do when they say here text me on my text number we're not gonna do that though but um actually they could do that they can they could um they can actually text me, and that's a capture, okay? They can actually text me, and then I'll give them more information. So they can text me at 917-755-1414, and then I'll send them back all my social media. So I'll send them back the Instagram, the, the Twitter, the LinkedIn, and then we'll take it from there. But they can SMS me. 
1414. It's coming up. Don't send me hate about my math, okay? <laughs> I don't think they're going to say hate about your math. Like I said, sometimes like we'll have people on here and they'll go, I'm telling you, I think there's 35, and they'll go right back. They'll do it on the calculator and went, oh, that's actually 25. So they'll like, Say, Vita, can you like edit or delete that out? I'm like, no, keep it in. Because you're human. It's okay. No, it's, we it's, 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 it's so wrong. I say in the, in the business that we're in, and, and even if it's not real estate, the business that we're in of just being alive, um, it's just being alive. It's 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 going to come at at one from every angle, you know. And um, perfection is, you know, it, it, it's the is, is perfection is the um what is perfection perfection oh perfection is the excuse for procrastination Ooh, and that is a perfect way to end <laughs> thank you Enjoy jay your day. <laughs> you're welcome all right i'll talk to everyone later thank you jay all right thank you bye Thank you.